Welcome to the EchoCast, episode 69, the single spinoff. The single spinoff, because I've got to sensationalize something. The division's getting a spinoff, but probably not. I am Bond Diesel. I do division things. I like division. This is a podcast about the division, the division two, the community, uh, and things around the game, and sometimes just whatever I feel like chatting about. Today we do have one topic that's not division. So stick around and see what it is. Today we will cover stay of the game recap, single player division two spinoff, comic podcast, listener questions, and some personal and content updates. If you'd like to support this podcast and my other content, please check out patreon.com slash the echo cast. I want to give a thank you to the newest patron, Jimmy, and thank you to Mike, November, Hassan, Tim, Jim, and Ozzy for already supporting this show and my content. If you are a new or current patron, uh, please let me know so I can send you some free stickers and I can make you a VIP on Twitch to make sure that you can check these recordings live if you would like to. Uh, you can message me on Twitter, Discord, wherever. All right, so stay of the game recap. Today we had Hamish and Yannick, which felt like a throwback stay of the game, if you ask me. Uh, Rip Petter, <laughs> he's doing big stuff, which we'll talk about here in a moment. Uh, basically, this this was a pretty simple stay of the game. Some little some little info, drippy drops but nothing too crazy. Uh, the big thing was reminding everyone that episode one releases on this coming Tuesday, July 23rd. Uh, this includes the expedition classified assignments for season pass holders, new missions, skill changes, balancing bug fixes, discovery mode for the raid for the raid. Sorry, that was weird. And a new shepherd ranking system, which we'll talk a little bit about. Um, the big thing to keep in mind is that the expedition, the classified assignments and the new missions are restricted to season pass holders for a week until the 30th. And then the expedition and new missions open up. The classified assignments are always for season pass. My advice with that is if you want every little bit of content from the game, grab the season pass, especially if you can find it on sale or being given away. Otherwise, the missions are super simple, and basically there's a few cool cosmetics and a touch of story to check out. But don't feel like you're missing out big time. But if you want to check it out, go nuts. Uh, they talked about that there is a uh, updated social space outside of the boo. Uh, they kind of streamlined it and made it, made it look a little better. I think Hamish kind of made it sound like they added the recalibration and um, crafting station under the... Uh, the helicopter pad, which was already there, but they did kind of rearrange some things. It looks a little bit cleaner. I suspect some of that stuff they just kind of threw in there, and now they've kind of uh, cleaned it up a bit, made it look a little bit more purposeful. Uh, the big thing they announced, which I was kind of surprised by, was a new shepherd system. So if everyone remembers when the game came out, there was that super annoying system where uh, if people were requesting help... <laughs> it would show for every single person on their platform. Uh, so they very quickly fixed the hat up. Uh, and um, if you didn't know, you can actually keep that enabled for clan members, uh, which I have uh, and is very useful. Um, but what they're doing now is there's a new shepherd system where um, if you help someone out through the, like the help system, uh, when you're done with the activity, the person you help will have a they'll have an ability to up like to to give you credit or to not and if they give you credit it goes towards a shepherd rank that goes up to rank 99 um and i believe gets you exclusive cosmetics and stuff like that um i suspect it's also just to be kind of a cool maybe a uh, I, I'm kind of wondering if this will be a little bit of a DZ indicator a bit if you'll be able to see this you might be able to say hey that person's very helpful. Maybe they aren't going to murder me. 
It may also be a thing for DZ people to do uh, who want to murder people who don't think they'll murder them. So, uh, but new shepherd system, I'll talk about that more in a bit. Um, there's a new clothing event coming, which Hamish said he talked about last week. I don't recall that, but, um, he, it was, a, it's a summer fun or something like that. He said, and, uh, he seemed extremely excited about it. He had just seen some of the, uh, some of the stuff this morning and, um, he seemed excited in kind of a, um, a facetious way. I know that's, that's not the right way to say that, but I used to have a speech impediment and still kind of do. So sorry. Um, so I'm hoping for some booty shorts for Bori. If you watch my stream, you'll know what that means. And then finally, they said that there should be some kind of Twitch Prime uh, stuff coming, but they didn't have any deal, uh, details. I suspect that it's completely handled outside of their world. Uh, they did remind people that there will be no server maintenance on July 18th, um, citing the upcoming patch, which will kind of take care of that. Uh, they did want to clarify and remind people that they, they hear the conversations happening about PvP, about loot. Um, they, they, they hear these conversations about all this stuff. It's just, it doesn't mean that they have a response today. Uh, they said that it'll be addressed soon by the people who know most about those changes, so specifically PvP. Uh, I assume they'll have Terry and the people on from Redstorm soon. Uh, and they know that there's still an issue with the revive hive and specialized ammo and they're working on it. There was no kind of maybe sort of, maybe it's going to be fixed on uh, Tuesday, but my, my guess would be, it won't be if I had, if I had to throw it out there, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, they gave some props to Mr. Commendation. If you search for that person, I believe on YouTube and on Twitter, um, they are someone who are, they're kind of like a commendation hound. Um, and I believe they've been the first person to get max commendation score, uh, twice. I could be wrong. Um, but he has been doing an insane number almost every night, I think of raid runs and, and, uh, shepherding people through the raid. Um, I believe he's on PS4. So if you want help on that platform, check him out. And, uh, it seems like he's super, super kind and, uh, and, and really doing a good service to the community. So uh, even if you don't need help, I suspect dropping some, some congrats, some, some high fives, some, some claps on Mr. Commendation. They deserve it. Uh, there is a new, uh, they, or, and they talked about there being a new division, official division game podcast on most services. And it's uh, from the writer of the extremist malice comic. We'll, we're going to talk about that in a moment. Uh, and that was about it. So they had some agent highlights. I was super uh, honored to be featured in the division shots uh, feature again. Uh, so thank you, division game. I appreciate that. Uh, my thoughts on the state of the game. Um, I'm excited for episode one. I'm lukewarm on the expedition. Um, I'm going to play it. You know, I think the expedition, again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. It's a little underwhelming. And the fact that I think they're artificially lengthening how much, how play, how playable it is by releasing the three different investigations over three different weeks, considering they take like 25 or 30 minutes to do is, is a real bad look. I, that's an awful decision. In my opinion, they should just, release it all, let people realize that there's like two hours of content there, maybe, and just get going, you know, just let it be what it is at some point. Um, I hope that when they add the mastery system, eventually that that helps it out a little bit. And even maybe some of the, the harder difficulties will be more fun, uh, but we'll have to wait and see about that. Uh, but besides that, I'm still really excited. I think literally, I think the rest of title update five makes up a lot for the expedition being a little bit of a letdown. So I think people should be excited. seems like there's going to be big changes in the game. Um, it's not going to be the end-all, be-all patch that fixes it for everybody, uh, and that's okay. Uh, whether you agree with me or not, let me know. I'm happy to hear your opinion. Um, so I'm pumped. I'm excited to play it. I, I'm really excited to play the two new missions and the classified assignments. So uh, the Shepherd system I think sounds awesome. I think that's a great way to... In incentivize some helpful behavior they just had you know and maybe still currently i don't know have a 20 dollar sale going on where you can get division two pretty darn cheap in a lot of different places and this should be a good way for maybe some board maybe some 
more experienced players to help out some less experienced players. Uh, maybe you can find yourself a raid group eventually this way. So that shepherd system sounds cool, and I hope that they have some cool cosmetic rewards. I'm sure when I've got nothing to do, this will be a thing I will be going after. Uh, and I'm glad they keep addressing the the issues, even if they don't have answers right now. Um, I think with the first game, that there there were definitely situations where they obviously knew that there were problems with the game. And maybe they weren't as vocal about them as they should have been, even just simply acknowledging that the issue um, was being talked about or that people had an issue with it, which led to people saying that they were ignoring the problem when really they weren't. Um, they, they they ran a fine line with the first game where they had to they they had to balance the whole idea of acknowledging an issue and maybe not giving info that was a hundred percent correct and not acknowledging an issue because they didn't have 100% information yet. So this time I think they're doing a good job of saying, Hey, we hear you guys about that, but we're not ready to talk about it yet. Sorry. And, and not giving any promises, not giving anything for people to latch on to. Um, I think they're doing a good job with that. Um, you know, doesn't excuse the issues being there. It doesn't excuse the issues not being addressed, but, um, yeah, it just kind of is what it is at this point. I, I think it's fine, um, and I hope that Title Update 6 is going to be the big RNG loot PvP patch that uh, the game obviously needs. Okay, so when it comes to Division 2 and gaming news in general, um, the first item is uh, Julian uh, quote-tweeting a statement from someone saying, man, Division would be a great single-player game. And man, if anyone listens to this podcast, doesn't that sound familiar? For what, the last like month <laughs> I've mentioned this? And I know I've mentioned it in the past too. Um, it's kind of funny because when Julian did that, um, some some rather clickbaity websites uh, ran with it and basically decided that, well, I guess there's a single player game coming. Um, and that's obviously not going to be a thing. Uh, even on Kind of Funny with Game Over Greggy, they talked about it. Um, what I would say is that if he's chiming in on that, what I think is most likely, um, would I love to have, you know, a division spinoff game or some, or even a division three, that's a very different type of game. That's like a 40, 50, 60 hour experience. That's this gritty single player, realistic drops the RPG mechanics, just this really amazing single player experience. Uh, for sure. I think that'd be great. Um, but I just don't see them getting away from the brand um, like that. I think that's uh, a neat idea, but just not realistic. What I think is way more realistic is I believe um, maybe with division two in like a year two or a year three, uh, probably more likely not until a division three, which I know sounds insane right now, but you know, I've learned enough about these things to know that there's a decent chance that they already know exactly what's going on for the next two and a half years of division two. I could be wrong though. I don't know enough to be sure. Um, but what I think is way more likely is that we would get like a single player DLC. Um, and I think I've talked about that before and I think that would be super cool. I would be perfectly happy. Um, if there was a DLC, say the second DLC of year three, and they, you know, they spend time, you know, because that's going to take a lot. Single player experiences take a real long time because of all of the animating you have to do, all of the voice acting you have to do, set pieces and all that stuff. I mean, it's it's much more challenging than what we currently do than what we have in this game. But if they provide us like a like a 10, like a 10 hour experience. Uh, it'd be replayable, you know, if you wanted to. Maybe it would give some good loot if you did it. Uh, maybe some exclusive loot of some type. But it would be so cool if they gave us this really finely crafted, um, really just kind of a different pace game, you know, DLC, where it's just like 10 or 15 hours, you know, that's probably pushing it, of just this really cool story that you get to play through. Maybe you play your agent um, trying to find their family. Or uh, maybe you play as another agent. Maybe it's a completely separate experience from the rest of the game. And it sends you back to New York. And you play through as an agent who's trying to do a thing. You know, like, 
I would be down for that. I think that'd be super cool. And I think something like that is way more likely than them going whole hog into some spin-off completely dedicated single player game. So while I personally would love the idea of of them going that direction, um I, I think that they're gonna stay pretty true to this brand for at least another game or two, more than likely. The second part here was uh, as mentioned, uh Petter interviewed Christopher Emgard, I'm sure I pronounced that horribly wrong, uh, who is the Extremist Malice comic writer. Um, what's interesting about him is that he has done a bunch of stuff for Dark Horse, who's the people, um, the, the company who did the Extremist Malice comic books before the Division 2 came out. And... <sighs> well, yawn there, sorry. And he... Uh, was put on this project by Dark Horse when they didn't even know that he was actually involved um, in the early building of Division 1. He left before it was finished. Um, he used to work for Massive, and he was a big part of building the story of Division 1. So he uh, was kind of accidentally really well-suited uh, to work on this comic because he also consulted on Division 2's story. Um, what was most interesting, I suggest you check out the interview. Uh, it's on SoundCloud. Spotify, it's everywhere. Uh, the Division Two or or the Division Game has a has a official uh, podcast um, podcast. And if you go look for it, um, it's a bummer. They used to have a bunch of podcasts way back to the beginning of the first game, and some of those podcasts are just awesome. I don't know if they've re-uploaded them or not, but there were some podcasts about like survival and the hunters, the AI building the world there's some really cool ones um and this is another is another neat one so i don't want to go into it and talk about everything they talked about they actually didn't talk about division the whole time so you know if you want something other than that there it's got that too uh but the most interesting part of what he talked about was it really seems like at least he is wide open to telling a lot more stories um if you if you didn't read the comic it 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 ties into Division 2 for sure, very closely. Um, but it definitely told a story from kind of a different angle. And he seemed really big about telling lots of stories from different angles in this universe. And even to the point of telling the story of like the kids who are going through this situation. Telling the story of civilians going through it. You know, I think it'd be cool to hear the story of like law enforcement. You know, when all this went down and it just seemed like a civil disturbance. And then it turned into more and... Then it turned into other chaos. I think there's a lot of angles they could take on this. Um, maybe even one day having a comic following Keener. Uh, I think that'd be super cool um, to kind of show what he was up to between all of his little cryptic messages for us. So, so yeah, check out the Extremist Malice author official podcast for Division. Um, it's really great and it's really awesome to hear Petter again. Uh, and then the final little bit of gaming news here is actually about Ghost Recon. So Ghost Recon Wildlands announced today their final update for the game before Breakpoint comes out, and it's the Mercenaries mode. Uh, here it is, folks. It's the, it's the Battle Royale mode that probably should have come out three years ago for this game. Um, so, so that's what it is. It's Battle Royale. It's only eight players. Um, it's a PvEVP. So I've seen people already compare it to Survival. I, th I think that's a pretty big stretch for multiple reasons. Um, I do think it's super, super cool that they're adding this pretty significant content at the very end of the game. If I was a betting man, I would say that this is almost guaranteed to be some kind of a light test for a mode they're going to put in um, Breakpoint. Um, but who knows? Uh, that's only a guess on my part. Um, the problem is, is that... I assume this isn't going to change their cover system. I assume this isn't going to change the completely numb shooting mechanics. And I assume this isn't going, uh, and I believe someone's already confirmed that it's still not dedicated servers. That's peer to peer servers. Now um, I've been linked uh, multiple times from people when I've complained about this, that that wildlands uses a hybrid server system where essentially it's peer to peer which means that one of the one of the eight people is the host and everyone is connected to their Xbox or their PlayStation or their PC as the host as the server 
Now I've read about the, the big Ubisoft thing where it talked about how they use relays that like evens it out. So the host doesn't technically have an advantage and all that. The problem is that when I've looked into that, everything from Ubisoft says that, but then in tests I've seen from other people, um, it's not as bad as it used to be like in Halo and stuff like that or Call of Duty, but it's still not good for a competitive sense. Um, and I'm especially curious, the, on, the only eight players is definitely because the way that system would work is that it's depending on um, that host uh, machine to control even the PvE part of the game and stuff like that, I assume, because that's all got to be synced up since it's going to be PvE as well. So I, I plan on loading up Wildlands tonight on the Xbox, and I plan on jumping on and playing this tomorrow probably on stream, at least for a couple rounds. Um, unless you have to have the season pass like you have with all of their other modes to play it right when it comes out, uh, which is just blows my mind that the that w- this game's reception was not good. And, and I, I'm glad there's dedicated people who kept playing it and were able to ignore just what they did to the Ghost Recon franchise with this game. Um, or they had never played an old Ghost Recon and or they just like this game. There's nothing wrong with that. I obviously didn't. Um supposedly there's a lot of support for this game still. I know when I've tried to play PVP in recent months, it has not seemed like there's many people still playing, but I definitely may be wrong. Um, but I do, uh, for the people who are still playing this, who are interested in this, I think this is a great addition. I think it's really cool to see Ubisoft support this game that I suspect doesn't have a big player base anymore right up until the very end after three whole years. That's, commendable at the very least so good for wildlands you know what else is good for wildlands a mid-roll so you're about to hear two ads 60 ish seconds wink wink hint hint see on the other side okay so community topics and discussion so this time i am going to rant i mean talk about um what path the division two is going to take compared to its, uh, its peers in the looter shooter world. Um, and I'm going to talk about microtransactions and if they're ever okay. Um, and obviously using division as an example, but just kind of talking about it in general. So if I had to pick, I've got four, four games listed here that I would say are in the same general genre as division, right? So we've got Anthem, destiny Two, warframe and borderlands. Now, with each of these games, there's some difficulty in comparing them for multiple reasons. Um, With Anthem, well, really with all of them, um, none of these games um, provide what I would consider a a similar playing experience. Um, They're definitely in a similar genre, being looters and shooters for the most part. Um, And I think that's where the comparison kind of has to end in a lot of ways. Um, Borderlands is first person only and has no PvP. Uh, and isn't open world kind of is, it seems like the new one definitely will be more so, um, Warframe is free to play is a lot more based on its movement mechanics and melee combat with shooting also kind of, and ultra grindy repetitive play of the same missions. Warframe is weird but it's in the pool. Destiny 2 being very movement-based as well, first-person shooter only, um, open-world-ish, but not really kind of a deal. And then Anthem just is Anthem. Um, again, it goes, again, way more towards kind of the the movement is so much a, so much bigger of a thing. Um, that's, what, that's what I think is really interesting, really almost about all four of these games, is that they all are set in unrealistic worlds so um, that allows them a lot more freedom with the way the games play and um and and so i've always found it really hard to to take overly seriously comparing division to these games Um, i think it's appropriate to do it because there is enough similar um but for me it's it's way easier for me to compare anthem and warframe uh or destiny and borderlands or Anthem and Destiny. Like for me, that's a so much easier of a comparison, um, but I still think it's worth doing. So 
So Anthem, you know, I'll at least give my opinion on how these games have played out and then kind of say how I think Division will follow. So Anthem um, obviously had uh, a ridiculous amount of hype. Um, I was hyped for it when they first announced it uh, in 2017, 17. Super hyped, looked amazing. Uh, Couldn't wait to add this to my play my playing with division, right? And then uh, 2018 came, I was actually at E3, which meant I actually saw all this Anthem coverage that they did last year, way after the fact. Uh, And when they showed some real gameplay and not just that one little snippet of the mission that we know now was not even part of the game, it was completely crafted 100%. I remember when I saw Anthem in 2018 and being kind of like, like this that doesn't look the same that doesn't look fun that looks boring (laughs) um but then anthem came out uh it seemed like people liked it for a minute (laughs) and then the litany of bugs and bad mechanical choices alongside the lack of content um and 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 even to this day kind of lack of content um i still hear people talk about that they like the combat loop which is good um it you know you're supposed to be iron man essentially you know that's the whole idea at least that's how i've seen a lot of people compare it i played the beta and the alpha of this game um and knew i wouldn't ever spend a penny on it um it's it, it's had a rough go right and we're seven eight months into it now and it doesn't seem like it's gotten any better at this point um to the point where i think some people at least should be concerned that maybe it's done. Um, maybe they'll release one big content update and then say, sorry, bye-bye. Uh, Destiny 2 was released with lots of hype. People were excited. It came out, um, if, if people remember, I actually played a decent amount of it when it came out. Uh, and it came out to a lot of kind of confused fans. Um, people were really confused to why they removed so many features from Destiny 1. Um, basically the overall feeling is at least as far as I could see was that people were really confused to why it seemed like um, Bungie had completely forgotten all the lessons of the first game and even given kind of a stripped down version uh, for, for destiny two. And that went on for months. Um, There were some improvements. There were some upgrades. Things did get a bit better, Um, but it took until the forsaken uh, patch, the forsaken update before I think the majority of people were like, okay, cool. This is destiny, you know? Um, and I don't, I should have looked it up before I got on here. Um, but that was more than a few months before that happened. If I remember correctly, Forsaken was over a year after the game came out. Feel free to correct me wherever you're listening to this or on my Twitter. Then Warframe was an interesting game that bounced around some development hell. Uh, from Digital Extremes when they were trying to find people to publish it. And long story short, uh, it released uh, on their own. And I I don't know if they did a free-to-play when it first came out or not. I can't remember. But long story short, Warframe was garbage when it came out. It was really, really bad. It didn't do anything the way they wanted. Uh, And then it's um, slowly but surely improved. Uh, It's probably one of the best recovery stories of any game ever. Um, Even more so, I think, than No Man's Sky and stuff. Um, it's not talked about as much anymore. I think it has a large fan base, but it's still fairly niche. Um, but people seem to really like it. And one of the funny things about Warframe is, um, at least from my experience with it, is it's so heavily based on its movement mechanics, um, which I believe uh, were actually a bug early in the game that people were abusing <laughs> to move really, really quickly. I, if I remember correctly, you were not supposed to really move very quickly in Warframe. And then the the devs realized, man, people really seem to like this. And they went all in on it. So um, Warframe, I feel like, isn't quite as popular as Warframe fans think it is. Um, But I do think it is um, very good for its fan base. And it seems to have a very loyal uh, and very good fan base. So, um, you know, it's another game that uh, started off rough and and built its way up. And then Borderlands, I think a lot of people would kind of consider the, the the grandpappy of the looter shooter genre. Um, I, the, the first game and even the second game are fairly dated at this point. I've tried to go back and play them and I honestly just can't a lot of their shooting mechanics and just game mechanics in general just are hard to get into these days. At least for me, I know, um, borderlands two is a little bit better off. 
these games, their art style and just some of the stuff isn't really my deal, but um, really at least three of these games are games that I fully recognize as games that are extremely good, um, but just maybe aren't my style. Uh, and Borderlands is definitely there, but Borderlands definitely deserves the respect um, from any looter shooter fan of being like the OG and being the example. Um, obviously, like I said, this game, it doesn't have PVP. I, I believe it's going to have co-op. Um, and this new one looks like it's going to be much more expansive and bigger uh, than the than the, the first two. But I, if I had to look at these games and, and decide which one I thought Division 2 was going to end up being the most like, it's probably Destiny 2. I would argue, and I'm sure people would disagree with me, and I'm happy to hear it. So please drop it in the comments or on my Twitter or whatever. Discord is a good spot. That I believe that Division 2 right now, uh, so we're four months in, uh, I believe that Division 2 four months in is way miles ahead of where Destiny 2 was four months in. Um, now, there's, uh, there's, a, there's a logic to be made there of, well, Division 2 shouldn't have made the mistakes. You know, It shouldn't matter if it's better off. I agree. I, I get that point. Uh, but what I'm getting at is that um, Destiny 2 got their crap together and now have the most popular looter shooter game. Uh, and I think even, I don't think Borderlands is going to challenge them. I, I think it will for a while, but I, I just don't think Borderlands is going to have the appeal that Destiny does. But I could be wrong. Um, but I think Destiny definitely is is the game I, I see kind of mimicking the division you know i think the division is going to follow a similar path um and because i think it has a better starting spot it's going to do even better uh why do i think that well i think we have a very dedicated team just the same as destiny did for better or worse um i i think that they are hearing people out i think they are making changes i think they are doing the right stuff but i do think that they um you know i know a lot of them are destiny fans uh, I, I, I just, I think if there's a game here, I, I, you know, I think they've already done better than Anthem is probably ever going to do uh, Warframe is just a weird situation because of their pay structure. And that's just a weird game. <laughs> it's just a weird game and Borderlands. I just think it's too different. So, you know, and I think it's something we can all hope for. So please become super duper good. Like destiny two is, even though I already think you're pretty good. I digress. Okay, and then microtransactions. I've seen a lot of talk. It's kind of interesting. So there's a lot of talk going on right now about the Division 2 season pass. Um, and there's a lot of people who are basically saying they want more stash and they bought the season pass because it said they would get more stash. Now, I think the first thing to say about that is that they very, very, very clearly in multiple ways uh, clarified what that meant. Uh, it initially probably meant that you were going to get extra stash than everyone else. Um, but then with some pay to win allegations and rumors and chitter chatter going on, I think they changed course, which I think was a good choice and basically made it where you got a little bit extra stash earlier, earlier than other people, which as we all know, if you've played the game is basically useless because <laughs> you shouldn't be keeping things early in the game anyways. I think that 99% of people bought the early access to play the game three days early and then to play the DLCs seven days early. I have no stats to back up that 99% number, just my pure personal opinion. But I can't help but roll my eyes a little bit when I see people losing their mind about the extra stash space. Um, at the end of the day, at least in my opinion, they pissed off a few people about the extra stash space instead of making way more people mad about giving stash space for money uh, in a pay to win sense. Um, that would have been such easy pickings for people like the drama club dropout, Jim Sterling and all those people that I think have very extremely selfish motivations when it comes to reporting on microtransaction stuff. But at the end of the day, probably have a point about microtransactions being terrible, being bad for gaming in general. 
Um, I even in Division One, I, I still argue that Division One microtransactions were stupid, but not as bad as they were portrayed by a lot of people. Um, the encrypted caches were annoying because you could you could buy them, and you could buy keys for them, and it was randomized, and you could get dupes, and it never quite worked out, you know. And you could have spent a lot of money to get everything. But um, my issue was that I think there was enough of an argument against microtransactions in that simple sense of the random and it's just basically gambling and that's dumb. The problem is, is that I think people step into a sensationalistic side of things when they start, you know, what about the children? You know, I know that happens. I know kids steal their parents' credit cards and spend a crap ton of money on these things. And it's probably not good for them in their brains. But but you don't need to make that point to make the overall point. The same as people saying that, you know, there's there's gambling addicts and what if they use this? Um, I am the son of a gambling addict and I promise you that if um if you take away if you don't allow them to to get through their gambling addiction on division, uh, they'll find another way. So uh again, another point that I think maybe has good intent, but doesn't need to be made because the overall issue with microtransactions is the problem to start at least in my opinion so then we go into a conversation or at least a thought process that i was trying to go through is is there is there room for something like that um and i will say my answer right off the top is just no um and i would say it's partially because it's not just a good thing to have in your games i think it's a bad look um and it's just not worth the drama i in my opinion um, so the first thing is, should there be stash space that's purchasable? purchasable? Um, in the first game, they never went there. Uh, at some point, they did give us a bunch of extra stash space. Uh, and then they also expanded the uh, backpack limit significantly. <sighs> there's this weird thing where it's like, there's this balance, in my opinion, where if say they offer people an extra 200 stash spots for five bucks it's permanent you pay it once you have it forever well that turns into a weird argument it's like well if you can expand it 200 spots only for five bucks why even try you know why not just do it you know but then if they charge people ten dollars or fifteen dollars or twenty dollars then they look greedy and they look like they're ripping people off uh, and maybe they are, or if they do $5 a month, you know, you have to keep paying it to keep it. So stash space is a weird one. And this is one where really I'm only covering this topic because I, I want to hear from anyone who's listening, either on my discord, on Twitter, in the comments of the YouTube video. If there's comments on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, you know, let me know. I'm curious to what you think. Um, is there a way for them to charge people for stash space? that you don't believe is abusive or will be looked at badly. Um, you know, when it comes to cosmetics, I, I, I'm cool with it. I, I think that if I want to buy this cool skin and I have to buy some stupid credits to do it, I'm a grown ass man. And I'm going to do it. Um, honestly, I don't like a ton of the cosmetics in division two so far. So I haven't really spent much money on them. Um, when it comes to the events, the clothing events, I've been playing through the whole event. And then on the last day, if I'm missing anything, I buy a few caches um, because they're guaranteed. There's no randomness to the purchased ones. And so if, if I grind 20 of the 25 stashes or uh, caches, uh, then I'll buy enough keys to buy those last five. And then I get my set. You know, I'm happy. Um, I just don't. I think cosmetics are fine, but it just seems like so many places are on such a slippery slope with that. When it comes to content with microtransactions. You know, they, they did this year one of Division 2 with having all three episodes for free. Um, if I had to guess, I'm assuming the Division uh, episode, two, the Division 2 year two is going to be a paid season pass. Uh, 20, 25 bucks, 30 bucks maybe. I think that's about as much as they should charge. I hope they don't go the way of, you know, 40, 50, 60 dollars. Um, if they do, then episode two and three of year one need to blow people's minds. Um, and the game's going to need to get fixed up in a very significant way. 
Um, and, and they need to be, they're going to need to be real clear about what that 40, 50, 60 bucks is going to get you in year two. Even if it's only 20 or 30, um, I will buy it. Like, come on, let's be straight up. I'm sure I'll get it. Um, but I, I do think that the, the mystery behind this year one episode one, two, and three, um, because it was free was okay. Um, I'm going to be totally honest. If six months ago, they would have told everyone what exp what an expedition was i think a lot of people would have been like <laughs> you know i think there's kind of a reason that we didn't hear much about the expedition until the pts but i'm again i've said before that i have a lot of faith that i think episode two and three are going to be a lot better for for reasons unknown um but yeah the content i think is a whole different thing uh and i'm really curious to see how people are going to react to whatever they do for year two but that's a ways off, so let's not worry about it yet. Okay, so I've got a couple listener questions. I've got Polidoro. Um, both of these questions today I had to kind of shorten. Uh, but basically, Polidoro asked, um, any tips on how to make a second character run more exciting? Uh, they mentioned with Division 1 where they'd like, they would have to use anything they picked up or something like that. Um, I would say you could do that with Division 2. Um, if you want to do a run where... You have to pick up any item that drops and you have to equip it. Um, in the 1 to 30 run, that's probably going to be okay. It's probably going to make you more powerful every time you pick something up. Um, the, the big thing is it may lead you to using um, some guns you would have never used otherwise. Some uh, double-barreled shotguns or something like that. Um, another idea that I could give you is what some people did in Division 1 is do a, um, a, a, a permadeath run or permadeath runs where if you go down and you and you die die where you have to respawn you delete your character uh, so there's a couple ideas and the second question came from morgan amps uh, and he kind of gave some personal opinion and then followed it with a question so i tried to summarize it here um morgan amps feels uh, kind of a 1.3 vibe in division two and asks, when do you think they're uh think the balance dark zones and so on um, are going to get fixed or worked on, um, even if it's against what the community wants. Uh, and then ask if there needs to be a new ETF. So the interesting thing about fixing the loot, you know, fixing the loot, flip the fix loot switch. That's what everyone wants. Um, you know, fix the dark zones, um, make them one dark zone again and make it 24 people because that was better. The the interesting, I, I see there's two things about that to me is that one, a lot of the suggestions I see people throwing out are just unrealistic. Like I, I've seen people literally saying that they, they need to get rid of the three dark zones and make it one dark zone again and make it 24 people again. I would, I'm not really, but in theory, I'd be willing to put every penny I, uh, I, own <laughs> on them never doing that um, maybe they'll make some changes to stuff in the long run but to this point i don't get the impression that they are ever going to change the population and the disease and i certainly doubt they're going to completely redo the whole map um, to put the disease together again so that's like when i see that that kind of talk there's a part of me that understands that that person just really wants that, that that's a thing that they desire. Um, but that also has a hard time taking it seriously because it's just, it's just so ridiculous. Um, the other problem is that you run into the idea that, it, you know, say there's five major groups in this game, which is not true. There's many more than that, but say that's it. And say they make all the changes and all the bug fixes and all the balancing and all of the dark zone and PVP changes that satisfies three of those groups. There does not exist a world where all five of those groups, where every player who plays this game is going to get every change they want because a change that satisfies three or four of the five groups will infuriate the fifth group or a change that makes two of the groups happy will infuriate the other three groups. So they're, they're literally playing an impossible game 
of trying to make a game that, well, it's impossible to perfectly satisfy everyone who plays this game. Because there's so many people playing this game for so many different reasons, with so many different backgrounds, and so many different agendas. And there's a group of players or community members involved in this game who don't give a damn if this game gets better, and they just love being heard. I've gotten flack for saying that. I don't give a crap. I, I know it's true. I know there's people who were in this community in the first game who did not like the game, who did not like Division, um, but they saw it as a way to make some money and to get some attention and get some followers and get some clicks. And so you're not going to make that group happy. So what I think people need to realize is that if they can make everyone in the game like 75% happy, that is a unheard of victory. Um, and I would say that is not where we're at. <laughs> you know, I would say there's some groups who like this game that much, but not everyone. And what I th- so what I think people need to realize is that and whether or not that changes their opinion or their mind, you know, doesn't really matter at the end of the day. But what I think people need to keep in mind is that they are trying to satisfy. They're trying to do an, an impossible thing. So what's the most likely is that they're going to do the best possible job they can. Um, are we there yet? Absolutely not. The game is nowhere near even that point. But people have to realize that, that that's probably the target. I doubt there's anyone at Ubisoft who thinks they're going to make this game perfectly perfect for everyone. It's not possible with any game. It's not possible in real life. It's just not a thing. <laughs> it's not what, it's not the way the world works. And so, so when do I think they're going to do that? Probably never. I, I don't think that they're ever going to do everything everyone wants. Um, but I would say that we could, as soon as like a title update six, have a game that will still have issues that will still not perfectly make everyone happy, but that will be in a spot where people are like, okay, this is better, but here's still some things I don't like. And that's a place where they can really move forward with adding more content, episode two and three, new missions, new modes, new things like that. And then I think if they can get there, then they can move into a year two that people may be willing to pay for. Sorry about that. If if that's the way they do it. So we'll see. As for a new ETF, I I don't the ETF is tough, man, because the ETF was so good in some ways and so bad in others. Uh it feels like in Alpha Charlie, um Alpha Bravo and Charlie, there was some good that came out of each one and some bad that came out of each one. If you look back at those rosters, each of those rosters had some people who probably really helped. And each of those rosters definitely had some people whose opinion should have never even been considered. Um, and it just blows my mind. And, you know, hindsight's obviously 2020. Um, I'm weird about an ETF. I don't, I just don't. Again, the ETF turns into a thing where no matter who you pick, no matter who you send, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get a full swath of the community. <sighs> The funny thing is, is that I appreciated a lot of the people who were in ETF, and I think I'm sure they brought a lot of really great ideas. But if they did an ETF for Division Two, what I would prefer is if they were all NDA'd and if they never revealed who they were. And I would prefer if they were people who they could tell had lots of playtime and an understanding of the game, like different parts of the game, but they were not streamers. They were not YouTube creators. They were not podcast makers. I would prefer if they were people that no one has ever heard of. Um, Because I think those people will provide feedback that comes from someone with a realistic outlook on how the game is played by, by people who really play the game. Not people who are trying to get partners on Twitch. Not people who are trying to get clicks on their YouTube video and not people who are trying to stay relevant in the podcast verse like myself. So ETF, I don't know, probably couldn't hurt, but I would like to see it done in a very different way. Okay, let's wrap this baby up with some content updates. Uh, So I'm trying to get uh, more consistent with the streams, even if they're fairly short. I believe this is the 
fifth stream in a row I've done. <laughs> so, uh, and I plan on being on tomorrow, uh, taking Friday off and then being back Saturday morning. So uh, trying to get consistent with that, trying to get into a routine with it. So here in a few weeks, when the little one comes, I can try to have some type of routine. And I'm sure any parents listening are laughing because they, uh, they appreciate my ignorance <laughs> to that, but I'm trying. There's obviously going to be a slowdown when the baby comes, so just please be patient with me. I'll do my best. Um, I'll make videos when I feel like I've got something to say. Like here at the moment, I don't really have any videos to make. I can't think of anything. So, you know, keep that in mind, please. I'm doing my best. Um, I think I may do an episode one review, um, like a thoughts video. Uh, so, you know, let me know if you would like that and be on the lookout for that, you know, shortly after. Uh, maybe in the next week or two. Uh, I might do a giveaway. So if you have any ideas to what type of giveaway you'd like to see, that'd be great. Um, I am uh, kind of working on refreshing my merch a bit. Uh, the The mugs have always been very popular. And um, if anything, that's the thing I appreciate the most. People buying my shirts and stuff. Like if you want to, that's super cool. I really appreciate it. Um, but I, you know, I get it. <laughs> Buy yourself a mug. The mugs are pretty sweet. I I'm on design by humans and Streamlabs, So you can look me up on both of those places. And that's what I've got for you this week. If you're on iTunes, please rate the podcast and leave a review. I'm on Twitch where I stream multiple times a week and on Twitter, both as bond diesel Twitter. Why, why did you switch this new format? It's terrible. If you want to support the podcast or any of my other content, please check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash the echo cast that's all i have so until next time (laughs) 